Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, I'm excited to offer our listeners the following conversation I had with comedian and SNL Season 43 alum, Luke Knoll, during his recent Midwest tour to promote his latest album, Guitar Comic. Luke was surprisingly candid about his year at SNL, and we were able to discuss the highs and lows of his tenure and why he ultimately feels he wasn't a great fit for the show. We also talk about how he got a start in Chicago's storied improv scene and the multiple auditions that led to him eventually landing SNL. It was a pleasure to be able to sit down with Luke and learn firsthand how it all went down, and I hope our listeners enjoy the conversation as well. You can find Luke's latest album by going to lukenull.com or simply searching for Guitar Comic on Apple Music, Spotify, or any of the other major streaming services. All right, enjoy. So I hear congratulations are in order. Oh, for my engagement. Yeah. Thank you how, so much. How did she propose? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear all of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, she, she cornered me. I know. I had a, a whole plan where I was going to, we love New Orleans, so mm-hmm. I was going to take her down to New Orleans for her birthday, just for the night, and I had this whole thing planned where I was going to take her out to the next morning to our favorite like breakfast joint in, mm-hmm. in the French Quarter. I had the Preservation Hall jazz band was going to like come in and sing. Oh, wow, you're going all out. Wim Butler. I was like, I'm okay. name dropping. I was got the yeah, Wimbledon from Arcade Fire. Yeah, I was like calling in favor after favor. I was, and then it all fell through. So really, yep. Oh, uh, so what was what was Plan B? If if all that Plan was a B was literally everything was canceled. She was like absolutely depressed over it. Okay. So we're just like sitting at home. I'm like, we're not gonna sit at home. Let's like let's go on a walk around the neighborhood. And I was. I had already been so ready to do it, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it sure. on, a, on a walk around in our neighborhood in L.A. So, Well, I'm sure the, the gesture wasn't lost on her. No. In fact, it's she probably would have hated the publicness of the, like, the fact that it was just Sure, the spectacle, yeah, 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 yeah. it's more our style. You know what? Intimate's good. Intimate's good. Sure. It's more her style, for sure. So you guys got a date, or is this a, a long engagement, or what's the plan from no, here on out? No date, but probably next, like, probably 2021. Yeah? Yeah, okay. early on. Now, are you going to make up for the proposal with a huge wedding and just blow the thing out, or, no. again, intimate is the, the ticket here? Probably going to do it in New Orleans and just party. Okay. All right. Who who cares about ceremony? Let's do a second line. Let's just do it up. Yeah, it'll be fun. Very good. So, obviously, my audience, you know, um, we watched you on SNL. Or we were hoping to watch you on SNL. And, um, you know, week over week, it was, where's Luke? We want to get to know Luke. We know he does the music stuff. When's he going to be on update? And um, I don't think we ever got any closure. Yeah. And so I thought you I got to... me both, yes. brother. I thought I got to track this guy down, and I just want to um, hopefully give our audience an idea of just kind of who you are, where you're from, kind of sure, how, sure. how, how Luke flows. So, you know, you're a Midwest guy. Explain, if you can, in a nutshell, kind of what puts you on the course to this very niche form of comedy, you know, yeah, the yeah. stand-up musical act. Sure. Oh, sure. Let's, let's go from point A to point B. So what's, yeah. what's the genesis of Luke Nall, the performer? I mean, I was uh, definitely not an athlete in high school. Sure. I quit all athletics and started doing the musicals, so mm-hmm. my dad loved that. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I went to college and didn't study anything creative. I got a degree in GIS, so okay. Geographic Information Systems. But, you know, in my spare time I was doing improv, right, and stand-up. And, and uh, I was lucky enough to have a coach from Chicago who was a grad student at 
Ohio University where I went. Okay. And he was like, if you want to do improv and sketch, like, Chicago's the place to be. And so I was, took his word for it, and as soon as I graduated, moved to Chicago, and the improv scene there is incredible. Sure. It's Historic, I, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the hubs. It's, yeah. it's mecca for improv. Right. There's nowhere else that's, that it, improv is, like, the name of the game. Everywhere mm-hmm. else, it's pretty much stand-up, and then if there is an improv scene, that's a, a bonus Jonas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Chicago's, and, like, SNL's the pie in the sky there, so, uh, and as time went on, I was definitely doing a lot of improv and a little bit of sketch, and then uh, I'd always had the undercurrent of uh, music stand-up underneath it, and then I realized, oh, there's some path that you can make literally any money whatsoever doing uh, stand-up, whereas improv, I love it, but you, no matter what you do, you you really can't make a living doing it. Yeah, sometimes you need an act. Yes. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, did the musicality part of it, that start at an early age? I mean, you've been playing instruments since you were young, or...? Uh, I, I feel like in high school, a lot of my buddies were, like, in bands and stuff. I was never in a band, okay. really, but, uh... So there's never a calling to go full-on musical performer. Yeah, there The wasn't. performance stuff really started when you were kind of wrapping your head around the comedy scene. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely... <laughs> Comedian first, musician second. Like, well, that, that's actually surprising because listening to your album, I mean, your technique's great. I mean, you've got some you serious performance skills there. So I, I assume that maybe you'd been playing guitar since you were a kid or something. I probably started when I was like fourteen, but okay. I, I feel like I plateaued like a de- over a decade ago. Like, but you, not... you put in your time. This isn't something you, you're sure, like, okay, I got sure, an sure. act, but it'd be better with some music. Maybe I should learn guitar. Yes, you were already on. Yeah, on that. You're, yes, you are right. So let's jump back to Chicago then. Which improv houses did you get involved with did you have a troupe who who did you come up with what was your uh you know your crew um i definitely like one thing that's really great about chicago is you don't really have to throw all your weight into one spot you Mm -hmm. can really kind of do all of them so i i was most heavily involved at io and annoyance and um cic theater a little bit second city not as much but Mm -hmm. You kind this of is just all for training, all or just where they'd let you perform? Um, um, mostly where I perform. I did the training center at the at IO. At and IO. The that was okay, that's your alma mater. Gotcha. I, I, I t- the first one I did was the Annoyance Theater. That's Mick Napier. Yep, and yep. He's just next level. He's he's the the best improv coach there is alive. And I love that he doesn't like comedy at all. He's just kind of seen it and heard it all. Sure. But he he can watch you do an improv scene for. 20 seconds and he knows everything that you as a human being are doing wrong okay. like, he's like okay I already yeah. know and he was the only person throughout my like the obviously the SNL audition experience is everyone has that story but it's long and and, and, and tired but they had me back <laughs> multiple times but the last time they had me back I think I had like two days in advance to write a new five yep. minutes, right? Because they want fresh material every time you get right. up on the Because that's the right? job, is yeah. you're writing for the week, right? And so I'm like writing stuff, and he was the only, Mick Napier was the only person that I, like, showed my five minutes to, and was like, can you, okay. yeah. Was like, so he's the only notes? one you trusted for some criticism before you went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, all right, grab a whiskey, and we'll go down to the basement and uh, do your five minutes. And it was very, like, not official, and okay. it was, but it was great. He was like, cut that, shorten that, otherwise... Well, yep. ho- yeah, hopefully it was brutal, right? Because you want to go in there exactly. with the sharpest, right. most potent act. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I've heard you recount a little bit of your SNL audition. 
Uh, so we don't need to like dig That's deep on that. Totally but fine. I mean, if you want to just give the uh, Cliff Notes version of like getting the call, or actually how you reached out, because I know that a lot of the Chicago theaters, there's kind of uh, how how would you put it? There's um, there's almost baked into a lot of the theaters the oh, opportunity yeah. to um, if you kind of get in the farm league and you can kind of get the yep. eye of SNL when they come out to scout. So did someone pull you up for a showcase or something or you know what was your first contact how did you know that you were kind of on their radar um so you're totally right io and second city every year like and it's not a set date it's just randomly mm-hmm. it's sometime during the summer yeah, snl you, comes out and see and you show up in. when we when we're here yeah there's exactly. no playing around so um was it uh, second city or it, io where you did the audition at io oh, yeah. so second city they'll come and see the, sh- the shows they'll come the and review, watch the yeah. main stage yeah, yeah. At I.O., you're doing a showcase. You're doing five minutes of okay. solo sketch and stuff in front of a packed house. So it's not like it's not like the actual audition audition. Mm-hmm. It's more like... There's some stakes there. You still got to get oh, the laughs. For yeah. sure, but you're playing a home crowd. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas like it's it's a home game rather than the away game sure. that is uh, in New York where they're trying to ice you out. But it's uh, Sharna Halpern who runs the mm-hmm. I.O. Theater. Yep. She decides who goes up and she sees people all year long like doing their five minutes. People who are involved with the theater... Uh, and I was on a Herald team at IO for years. But okay. you um, want to give a shout out to your? Uh, it's a shade. We got cut. <laughs> we got cut. But we were best new Herald team, which is kind of like getting the Grammy for best new artist. Where you, it's like a curse. It's like the Madden curse. So we got cut immediately the next year. Uh, but I uh, know it was great. But uh, I actually got. She called me up, and I had the chance to audition for them in 2016. So the year before I got cast, I actually auditioned for them. Okay. Um, the year. Alex Moffat got it. Right. So Alex went like now, two people after Now, did you chum me. around with him in Chicago? Because he came out of Chicago, didn't he? See, he came out of Chicago, but he was actually living in Los Angeles for the la- for like okay, two so years. So he'd he done the Chicago thing. Chicago okay. for that audition specifically. Okay. And they'd seen him like five times, five or six times or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I honestly had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. He showed up, and I met him the night he auditioned for SNL in Chicago and went on oh, to okay. eventually get it that year. But obviously, I think his thieves won the year I was there. Mm-hmm. He was He's such a nice guy and was, was very warm. Seems like I have a lot like in it. common with him, too. But yeah, I mean, he was definitely like the generation. Of, right, uh, right, right. He was probably two generations uh, in terms of improv. So he was already in L.A. trying to do the legitimate acting yes. thing by the time yes. he was on the radar. Very good. So, okay. And then so, they came out and saw me again. So I did a very traditional, like... As many characters. Mm-hmm. And this is still all in Chicago. This isn't when they fly yes, in. Exactly. Okay. So they did not fly me out that first year. Okay. But I was just like, just even being able to go up and sure. do it at all was crazy. And I was like, you know, that's nuts that I even made it. Got the chance to do that. Right. And then Sharna put me up again the following year. And I was like, well, they just hired Mikey and Alex. So they absolutely do not need another white guy. <laughs> sure. So if sure. she's putting me up, I'm just going to do some stupid bullshit I did one bit for the whole five minutes like I really? did not do okay you thought you'd of, come at it from a different angle oh I was just like I'm just gonna do this really stupid bit that I really like and it's like a crowd work bit it's like okay. a, an audience involvement kind of thing where I'm I just come out as Christian God and I'm just <laughs> like you know just straightening shit out like if anybody wants to ask me any questions just, <laughs> I'll just get you you know squash it now get you guys back on the right track uh, but yeah they they ate it up and they flew me out and they were like you do we'd love to have you in New York but you do need to write an all new five minutes because that's not a yeah we do need to see more than one thing from you you caught our eye but now now you gotta prove yourself right right right, okay so 
first trip out to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is main stage. This isn't like at one of the theaters around town where they no. do a, a big group call. This was specifically, we want to see what you got. Right, this is the 30 Rock. Okay. Um, so who were the producers that were watching it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I had already met Lorne. He was in, came and saw me in Chicago. So the, okay. the following night I had had drinks with Lorne, and that's kind of the crazy test. You know, you kind of have to sit yeah. there and, and he grills you, you. And Are you cool? Can you hang? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And I think I, he called a couple of us from I.O. and uh, out to have drinks. So there were like five or six of us. Mm-hmm. And I think I was the only person that ordered drinks because I was like, is this on their tab? Nice. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll have... Uh, okay. and no, everyone else is too afraid to drink, so... And in my in the moment, I'm like, this is a mistake. I don't know why. But no, I just was doing my best to feign being comfortable. Sure. Uh, and they liked it. Um, which is funny because I think a lot of my audition was me playing these, like, overconfident kind of turds, right? Mm-hmm. The, and, the Brody Chode types? Shoot, your Brody Chodes, your... Well, just, you know, like, I... Because I, I don't do any uh, impressions. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought that that wouldn't be a great fit for us now? <laughs> uh, but the impressions that I did were, like, musical things, but I didn't do any of that for them. Okay. Ever. Um, really? I'm none no, of your additions? No. You didn't go the foul I did. Route. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I did do a, a, a song for both of my auditions when, when, I, when they flew me out both times. I did do, like... A 30 second snippet But this was your material It wasn't just purely An impression of someone else Right Exactly right. Gotcha. And, and then It wasn't until the second time The first time I, They actually flew me out I didn't do any impressions Then either I did all characters And songs and stuff uh, Original stuff And that's not really What it is The show is anymore sure. They don't really you know, Like There's not many Sketches like The Spartan cheerleaders right. Or uh, You know Making copies That is a sketch That wouldn't be On the show anymore <laughs> That's um, very true. It's, yeah. The show changes. It's a different but, sensibility, absolutely. For sure. But, yeah, the second time I ended up going out, they were, like, explicitly asked me, like, any impressions at all, please. Any political. Okay, we have to tick this box and, if yes. we're going to let you go further. Yep. Okay, so what'd so you do? I The impressions I did were, at the time, I was just trying to do as current, mm-hmm. uh, that week kind of stuff as possible. So that week in the news was Jay Cutler who was the former Bears quarterback, Okay, was coming out of retirement from being a commentator on ESPN to play for the Miami Dolphins again. That was right. in the news. Okay. They don't know who Jay Cutler is. I assume like, you don't a, assume anyone listening cut. to this does not know who cut. Jay Cutler is. <laughs> but Jay Cutler famously if, like, is a quarterback who just doesn't give a f***, like smoke cigarettes on the sideline kind of guy. Right. Like, so, so it's partly the persona is what you're selling with him? Or? That's all, I mean, that's a lot of what... You, obviously, people like Melissa are like virtuoso, expert, mm. impressionists. But then there's also the... It's not that accurate of an impression. Yeah. You're just... You have a funny take on it. Yeah, and that much was more like, of an impression rather than impersonation. We're not going for accuracy. That is exactly yeah. the route I was trying okay. to... I'm throwing Hail Marys for sure. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended, but... Uh, when I went in, I was just had a cigarette in my mouth, and I was just on my phone, and I'd already been in the room, so I knew how ice cold it was, sure. and I know how the, they're not going to give you anything, and and so when you know they do the thing, the lights up, they count you down, three, two, one, lights up, they say your name, they slate you, and I just like smoked a cigarette for like a minute and a half. I I stood out there, you what just felt like an hour in the silence. Oh, I'm just on my phone smoking a cigarette, and then I like noticed that I waited until they started to nervously laugh. Okay. Until I started my audition. Oh, sorry, guys. I was playing a game on my phone. Um, <laughs> it was press conference. So That's, I did like a press conference bit. It's ballsy. <laughs> you know, there's no feedback loop at SNL. There's no right. person who's like, this is what we liked and didn't like, mm-hmm. right? And especially when you're there, it's you're 
it's too late by the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's funny because I was all convinced that they hired me to fill a need in terms of because there's no one really doing music there. Right. At least not what I was doing. And that's obviously what the assumption was from everyone who heard the news. Like, oh, however, not the case. It wasn't until like I pretty much was out the door that I realized that they hired me because they loved that bit. Yeah. Okay. So. They thought you were coming in with some sort of bad boy persona that they was actually absolutely you. absolutely did. And then when I got there, I was a very polite, uh, sure. wide-eyed, uh, <laughs> Midwestern young, yes. young man. And they did not like okay. that. Okay. That All did right. not... I did, yeah. You didn't bring the edge that uh, SNL was hoping I, for. I certainly did not bring the... I, the I'm, I am not the characters I was playing. Gotcha. But in my... Uh, and it is a mistake because when I did, like went through all the meetings process. You're meeting all the producers and a lot of the writers and Lorne and everybody involved, right? So they do, contrary to Shane Gillis' uh, lore, they do vet you pretty hard, sure. right? Yeah. So uh, when I was doing the interview process, I was just really trying to be as comfortable as I possibly could. Like, I was just trying to fight the nerves. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I was like... Really, just making myself. I was like leaning back in their chairs, and I was, okay. I was like big dicking the whole time. <laughs> and then I realized, like, when I finally get there and I have the job, I'm not acting like that at all. Sure. And they, yeah, it was very funny that they like ass. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're still, like, oh they're still looking for their next Belushi. They I always know. will be. And it's like I know that once things weren't really going my way, I just was like, as long as I can uh, actively avoid having a mental breakdown and just uh, ha- keep a smile on my face, I will consider it. A time well spent. Sure. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed the year in New York, nonetheless. I mean, yeah, there, there is an upside to it. Sure, right? sure, yeah. Uh, New York is wild. It was mm-hmm. a definitely... I mean, it's shitty because you want to do well on that show, and mm-hmm. once things... It, like, it, for me, it was DOA. There wasn't a moment where I was like... So you knew from day one that you, this was not firing? Or, like, when when did it really... Like, I know you've got a bit in your act, you know, sure. where you're like, oh, we're getting to the end of the season. Anyone mm-hmm. else not getting on? Like... Oh, I knew. I, well I know the comedy version of it, but when did it really hit you that maybe maybe this isn't going to work? Yeah, okay. I wasn't in the show the first week, right? Which is, uh, you know, neither here nor there. I mean, I, I was in sketches that got cut at dress that right. first week, and I that does like, happen to feature players. Happens. You're not going to get oh, a lot of screen time, but no, my expectations were very low. But I was like, I guess I always thought that when they would hire new people, that the producers would at least give you any chance and I, I yeah I think that first sketch like the sketch that they ended up the Brody Chode yeah is, yeah is a sketch that I didn't write okay Mikey Day wrote that sketch and that was it was a wild week where I think that it was seven weeks in that that sketch was mm-hmm. on the show and I think that week I had three sketches I wrote that got into the show okay into the live rundown but all got cut Except Not all of them got cut. Okay. So, or two floor, of them got Bama cut. Floor Shore. So, Floor Bama yeah, Shore yeah. was one I wrote, too. So, I was very... And I'm still very proud of that one, mm. but no one knows I wrote that. Me and Andrew Dismukes wrote that, uh, who still writes there, and he's so funny. Yeah. Um, but we wrote that together, and I was very happy that we got that in. And then I had a... That week, I had a... It was the first time I ever pitched a... Not a musical update piece. Okay. And they let me do that. That got cut at dress. And I had another sketch that got cut, too, because I had... They weren't, like, uh, it was one that got cut, basically, rarely does it happen, but where it gets in the show, but then they're like, right. we're not putting production dollars into this, Luke is all over the show already. 
we'll oh, cut this okay. one right away. Oh, okay. So, so that didn't even make it to the floor for a dress. It did not make it to the floor okay. for a dress. It was, it, yeah, it made it to It was like right Friday, to... like, we're not building sets. No, we're shutting it this was one Thursday. Down, even though Thursday. after table read, it got through that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's rare that that kind of happens in the middle there. It, it, it happens every once in a while, and it's usually, because I really was, I and then I was in the fourth that other one. So they, the, the, the first time when you had a chance to really own a show... They, I was they actively scaled your back. sketches, right? Jeez, man. Well, but I get, but I no, <laughs> I totally understood that. Mm-hmm. I like, but the thing was getting stuff cut from the show. When you have another thing in the show, I didn't give a fuck. I was sure. like, I as long as I get something in, and then it's funny because the thing that I ended up getting in was something that I don't, I don't not, I'm not not proud of it. It's that it's not a great look for that to be the yes. first thing you ever do is a intentional bomb is like I remember again maybe not the best move for uh, the first time Yeah, this is my introduction there. to the world. Yeah. My which when wasn't I was, the case in the dress, right? I remember watching it live and thinking the same thing like he's dominating this like I got to give you credit cuz the way you moved around the classroom because you can't have your eyeline always on the cue cards like you right. really had to be in the zone to be that comfortable just with the oh. way he was moving around, you know, all nonchalant and, you know, douchey, kind of kind of like what you got hired for. Um, the the way you owned that set and delivered your lines and committed to being the douchebag. Go down with know, the shit. Knowing that there wasn't going to be any laughs, I was applauding it at the same time thinking, oh, this could not be worse timing for Luke. And, you know, we, we I think we ranted about it for 20 minutes on our cast, actually, about oh, yeah. how how is this is going to be his breakout moment when it, it almost... Um, you know, people are going to have trouble oh, disconnecting yeah. you from Brody Chode. Uh-huh. And Twitter was cool about it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it was really neat. For what it's worth, um, I respected the performance, and uh, I was I, I was that. I was hurting for you at that moment. I wish you'd uh, I wish that wedding uh, singer sketch had made it through because that hey. could uh, maybe change the narrative a little bit. You know, it, it, the fact that they even put it online or at all was mm-hmm. something I was happy about. So I, I took whatever little little moments of daylight you can because that's the way that place is. Yeah. Even, I mean, nobody is batting yeah. uh, even even 300. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like baseball where most of the shit everyone writes yeah. doesn't make it in. Yep. And especially as a new guy, like, without a lot of allies in that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I any any daylight I got I, I tried to take as a win. Yeah, it, it is funny that sketch mm-hmm. in the dress rehearsal I had had right before that sketch happened. Right, right. Um, was a was update and I was on update yeah. as myself. So here's here's Luke. Yes, you know he's yes. not what you're about to see yes. five minutes later. Exactly. That oh, would have been a totally different experience seeing it after the fact. And I tell you what, this will be something that is uh, I don't think I've ever said. Uh, told this story before but during the dress rehearsal in between you go into Lauren's office you see what's in the show you see what's cut they came and told me my update was cut and but they're like Floribama is in but we're going to shorten it and I was like okay okay and then Steve Higgins who's a producer on the show took me into his office which is never a great sign okay and he's like you need to be off off cue cards for this you need to shave off time so it needs to be really fast and he, I mean, he really kind of gave it to me. Oh, man, he, like, really gave it to me in there. Okay. Uh, but I remember, like, coming out of there being, like, really just, like, standing in my little quick change stall just trying to memorize the lines because you don't have to yeah. be off 
book necessarily for any of it because they change the lines. Right. Uh, in between dress and era, a lot of times things get cut or mm-hmm. things get added. Yep. So you memorizing is actually a bad idea, like, right? Because you needed you need to be on the. But this in this case, it's all on you. Exactly. Yeah. In this case, he's like, you need to be off the off book, and I was like, sure. And it's a monologue, and right? It's, you know, so I was like. Just, I just remember that's the closest I've ever come to having a, a full-on panic attack. Was just standing in my little quick change, trying to memorize these lines. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you delivered it flawlessly. Hey, thank you. You, you really did, and it impressed me. It's just a shame that uh, the timing was so crappy on that episode. Hey, it's not even the episode. It was the entire well, year. Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I appreciate the exclusive on that. Um, Give me the hot takes. Yeah. So you said you wrote um, with Andrew Desmukes mm-hmm. a little bit. He was in my uh, we we shared you shared office okay. the year I was there. So um, was there anyone else you collaborated with, or did you collaborate a lot with him? Or yeah, I mean, who, who did you ally with to try and get a leg up? It's it's very like class based. So like the people that are new that year kind of stick together. So yeah. I definitely wrote a ton with Heidi Gardner. Mm-hmm. I wrote a lot with Andrew Desmukes, Chris Red, Stephen Castillo. Um, yeah, a lot of the people who were new. The year I was there, Claire Friedman and I we were firing buddies. We were the two people that got fired sure. from our year. Uh, I love Claire. She's doing great now. Um, but, yeah, we, we wrote a lot of stuff. But it, it is brutal because it, when you're new, your stuff is most likely to get cut. Understandably, you're yep. new. So I no, everyone gets that. Sure. Yeah, the um, producers got to crap the best show. And exactly. they know they've got ringers in the senior cast. It's, oh it's going to be tough. Yeah. You have to serve your stars. That's mm. the biggest and most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, still a shame. We were all rooting for you. Hey, I appreciate it. But there's life after SNL. Oh, sure. So, I mean, uh, I don't think that it would be right to not talk a little bit about your album and kind of what you're doing right now. By the time this drops, I think this current Midwest tour is going to be over, but uh, are you going to continue to promote the album or are you just hoping people will find it online at this point? Sure. I mean, the album is is definitely, uh, it's out there, it's out there to stay, but... um, yeah, a lot of the new stuff, like my album is pretty filthy. A lot of the stuff that I'm touring around and doing is less so. It's a little bit more, a little bit more thinker rather than stinker. You know? Okay. Um, not really at all. It's all very stupid. So, so what you're actually performing, say tonight at the Foundry yes. in Cleveland, you're not going to be delving into a lot of the material off your album. I, you got I some don't new stuff think you're working so. Out? I'm going to be doing I, uh, probably like eighty percent new. Okay. Yeah, there might be a one, uh, maybe two songs I do from just. Now, do you Oldest expect to parlay goodies. this into another album? Is that the plan from here uh, on out, to keep laying it down? Yeah, okay. yes. I mean, I, I love touring around. I love doing stand-up. And it's something that if I didn't have that, I would be, like, sure. bummed. Yeah. But it's something that not only was it something that I was... I don't, I don't refer to it even as falling back on it. It's something that I was always going to do and mm-hmm. was still doing while I was on SNL, too. So uh, it's something that I love because I get to control it. Sure. I get to do what I want to do. And you'll see tonight, It's gonna get we're going to get weird with it. <laughs> Very good. But uh, it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, definitely doing stuff in L.A. and So you've actually relocated down there. That's your I am. I'm living in L.A. Gotcha. I'm auditioning like a madman for a bunch of stuff I don't believe in. And uh, <laughs> writing stuff I do. Okay. Yes, you're exactly right. You got any collaborators down there that you're trying to develop stuff with? I do, but I, it's, uh, it's a lot of handshake deals that I don't want to put them on. A, Very good. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't expect you to. Yes. But I am. There's stuff in the works. There's stuff in the works. Well, hopefully we see uh, some fun projects come out of all that. I hope so too. If not, it'll, uh, I will also be like, sure, I, 
you, I cannot be hurt anymore. Sure. SNL, if nothing else, has given me a, the thickest of skin. It's a boot camp. If nothing yes, else, it's a boot it camp. It truly is. And you know what? Good exposure regardless. Oh, I mean, it, for it, sure. it can't hurt. It can't I hurt. I couldn't be more thankful for the year I was there. And they have my... Everybody who's ever been there, you got your picture in the hallway. Yep. And mine is directly across from the women's bathroom. So <laughs> I count that as a good spot. Very good. No, you are part of an elite club. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly nothing to sneeze at. Um, that's awesome. So, if people want to find your album, where's the best place to... Um, you could, I think if you just go to LukeNull.com, it'll probably... I think it's just the landing site for everywhere you can get it. But yep. I don't even know if... I don't even have a website. But when I put out the album, they're like, we just bought LukeNull.com and made it. So, that you can just get the album. <laughs> that's like all it is. Okay. It's nothing else. Very good. Okay. Well, hopefully people will check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, Luke, I appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Send the best to Caitlin, right? Caitlin. Excellent. I hope you guys uh, my gal. have a, a wild couple of years. Hey, we uh, yeah. Before we're done, mm-hmm. before we uh, before we call it all off. Sure. No, I take New Orleans for all it's <laughs> yeah, worth. Exactly. And uh, all the best. Thank you so much. And on behalf of all the hardcore SNL nerd types that follow this stuff way closer than we should. Sure. Appreciate you, uh, you know, giving us some fun insights. And a lot of us really did appreciate what you're bringing to the show. As limited as it was, we uh, we were hoping hoping for more. Hey. Hopefully I'll be back to host Rampart 2. Sure. <laughs> um, I'll be able to go back and do all the sketches that they cut that they didn't let me get, uh, get to air, which the stack is plentiful, and there are some in there that you guys would probably be like, why did he think that was ever going <laughs> to make it into the show? There's some, I'm proud of a few. But yeah, there's definitely one I wrote with Andrew Dismukes where we were, well, I'm not going to get into it. It's a okay. snake preacher sketch. Well, all right, okay. That's all I'll say. Well, that's was, one that will be lost to the sands of time. Lost to the sands of time. Thank you so much. Dude, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your time in Cleveland. All right, next, we get another live sketch. Mr. Nystrom, his students, and the janitor smack down the misguided brazen antics of new kid, Brody Chode. I have a lot to say about this sketch, but I want you to uh, break it down. This is our first really big leading appearance of Luke Null. Yes. Do you feel he was able to put his best foot forward with this? Ah, I like how you phrase that. Cause that makes me, uh, <laughs> makes me think now, Luke, no, let's just get it out of the way. Liked what he did. Did a good job. Mm-hmm. Did he show his newbiness a little bit throughout? Yes. I think there were some nerves. I think he's got some cobwebs to shake off, but I see why. He was chosen for the show mm-hmm. at that same time. And I see what can be worked on and, and what potentially he has. Okay. I think I had a, a slightly different take on it. My feeling was he came out and demonstrated some real prowess. I thought that how capably he was able to move around the set, right? Cause he had a lot to factor into his performance. He's going up and down the rows. He's got a lot of physical interactions with the other players, uh, a lot of quick dialogue runs that he has to get through without necessarily being in the eyeline of the cue cards because he is moving all over. Yeah. So he had to be really sharp to be able to keep up with all that. And at the same time, maintain a character that maybe he brought it with him. Like maybe he's got this guy in his pocket. Like he already knows this character inside and out. Uh, but regardless, he had to maintain that, you know, the energy of the character, the douchey way of speaking and just the, you know, the bullyish nature of it. He had to continue to convey that throughout while dealing with a half a dozen players in the scene moving around. There was a whole lot of performance there. And I thought he did a really admirable job of that. I thought it was really, really great to see him, in my opinion, pull off that whole big 
like almost two minute stint of just him owning the space. I thought that was really great. The only thing that made me feel bad for Luke Null was that it's a mean character that is intentionally trying to put the audience off for almost two minutes. So he's not getting the laughs. Yeah. You beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the space. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. He's doing it with aplomb. And because of the nature of the sketch and the fact that they wait so long for the turn. Yeah. uh, He just has to eat all of that, like coldness. And I was feeling really, really apprehensive for him. That's the brilliance of it. Yeah. I was so uncomfortable. I did. I was like, what the hell is this? This isn't funny. This (laughs) is just mean. And I, yeah. This guy makes me cringe. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and that is the brilliance of it. But at a kind of like show level, this is our first introduction to him really like seeing him own a sketch. And it was a really challenging one to be won over by because he's kind of the villain of the piece and there's no real redemption for him. And because the sketch is intentionally trying to make you feel so awkward, it's a little hard to separate that from your like first real meaty first impression of Luke Null. Yeah. We sat in that feeling for a good few minutes. Yeah. So that's going to stick. Yeah. And and that's kind of it. It's honestly not what I would have wanted him to do. I would have wanted him to have, just kind of like a triumphant character that gets the instant, like first laugh within five seconds. And then it's just all glory for the next two minutes for him. I wanted that. And I respect what he did. I just don't know how much goodwill it's going to build him with the audience. And as a featured player, uh, I don't think that they're obsessed with that, but it's still got to be a factor, right? You want to be able to please the crowd a little bit and you do want to, you know, you want to have fans and you want to have people that look to you and see the brilliance of what you bring to the the show. And if, if just at a, at an intuitive level, the character is someone that makes you feel awkward <laughs> or you loathe them. You don't want that to be the only character that people associate with you. And at this point, it's kind of like the only character that people can associate with him because he hasn't gotten a lot of screen time yet. Right. So it's not like a seasoned player that's been there for a few years that if they throw out a character that everyone loathes, you know, you already love this player. So there's no liability to it. But with Luke Null, this is all I've got to hang on. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I wanted something that just really allowed him to shine in a more positive way. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. Yeah. For my sketch of the night, I'm going to go with Brody Chode digs his own grave (laughs) on his first day of school. And I'm not picking it because it was the strongest sketch of the night or the funniest sketch of the night. I'm picking it because I feel like it was the bravest (laughs) for many reasons. Uh, I feel like conceptually you can lose an audience when you wait that long to reveal the joke. And I felt like it was really brave to (laughs) have Luke Nall come out and try and carry that untested and i thought it was brave of him just to be willing to be the the villain of the piece and just commit and just double down on it and just go full out on it so there was a lot of stuff that i was impressed by and it had its moments too it was it was perfectly fun and uh even though it was challenging there was still a good payoff so i did like the ride end to end but it was definitely the one that just roused me the most emotionally because i'm like on the edge of my seat praying that luke doesn't fumble this and just hoping that this turns around quick while he's still got the audience. Like I was just watching this, like a boxing match, <laughs> you know, like white knuckle, just tense. Yeah. I got to give it to that. Cause that, that was the most rousing moment from the whole show. So that's my sketch of the night. MVP. I am going with Luke Null and 
not specifically because of what we saw from him in the show, which is probably his best showing of the season as far as screen time, but because of a cut for time sketch called wedding toast that I feel like we need to talk about. This was Luke Null's shining moment. This was where he could win over the audience, show everything that he has that he can bring to the show as far as performance and musicality. This was his moment and the bastards at SNL cut it out. And I'm like a little upset about it. I'm upset. Yeah. You could be upset. And if it wasn't a great sketch, you know, so be it. Who cares? But this sketch could have gone toe to toe with anything that was in the show. And I would argue is probably a little better than some of it. And it really is a shame that it didn't get on because it showcases everything about Luke Null that the show obviously saw when they hired him. And we just haven't had an opportunity to really experience yet. He was so good in it and it was a fun sketch and he got to like sing and perform and just really show that he can own a sketch and be a likable character and and just really have a moment. And, uh, Oh, and it was a cameo for Jack White. Yeah. Like if they had to cut something for time, I wish it was that documentary pre-tape. That's one thing I can think of that I would have preferred to see this over. Yeah. The problem is that I think that this was slated for later in the show and coming out of update, they were so behind the clock that they just had to make a tough call. And because this one isn't something that you could really trim down because it's all built around that musical performance, I think they just crunched the numbers and said, we got no choice. We got to just, you know, kill the big one because we need to claw back that much time. That's probably how it went down. It just really is a shame because Jack White's in it. It's not something they can repurpose for a future show. That's why they put it out online. But this was good. This was really good. Him and Cecily were both great in it. It was such a funny premise. And John Mulaney, too, just executed so perfectly in it. This is the tragedy of the night. And uh, I just feel so bad for Luke Null. I I wish that this had made it onto TV. But (laughs) it's on the Internet. Yeah, so uh, for all those reasons, I want to give Luke Null MVP because he really showed something special in that sketch, and I encourage everyone to go see it. Yes. 